After being told kids would be back in the classroom tomorrow, the Ontario government, government, of course, switching course yesterday and bringing back remote learning for at least the next couple of weeks. Karen Brown is the president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario and joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio. Karen, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Uh, Good afternoon, Jeff. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. Uh, A lot of frustration, a lot of anger, not only over the government's decision, but also how it came about and how it was uh, handled. We're hearing that by a lot of parents in particular. Uh, Wondering just first off, Karen, what's the union's take on the past week or so and how things have kind of all unrolled? Well, um, let's just say, first of all, the decision that was made uh, yesterday is, is a much safer decision that we heard last week. I mean, last week we heard the possibility of going back uh, tomorrow. We were highly unlikely that uh, that was going to happen. Uh, we understand that the safety measures that need to be in place for uh, in-person learning uh, can't safely be guaranteed for our members. So the best thing to do is to delay. It is to go on to online learning until we can uh, safely be assured that in-person learning can occur. Were you surprised to hear from Ontario's top doctor, Dr. Kieran Moore, last week? He was fully behind, you said, to return to the classroom for tomorrow, January 5th, initially. And then, again, this uh, changing, of course, uh, yesterday that, uh, I don't know if it caught parents exactly flat-footed, but many say that they just haven't been given enough time to uh, really make arrangements at work and such. Uh, Have teachers been given enough time uh, to get back to online learning? Uh, No. I mean, we would have liked to have heard this announcement uh, much sooner, uh, prior to the holidays going in, we know that the, the virus, Omicron, was, was moving, was highly transmittable. Uh, we knew measures needed to be put in place. Uh, this government was waiting once again uh, at the last minute to um, to pivot to remote learning. And that, that caused a lot of anxiety and stress for, for parents and for our members. And now they're scrambling to put things to, together. And that's unfortunate. Um, this government really uh, should have had a long-term plan. We're nearly two years into this health crisis. And we shouldn't be, every time there's another wave, uh, all of a sudden pivoting to remote learning. There needs to be some long-term measures uh, put in place to provide the greatest level of protection so that in-person learning can continue until June. Okay, let's talk a bit about that because there's been a lot of talk about how the next two weeks, Karen, should be used. Uh, What needs to be done? What sort of investments would ETFO like to see uh, made so that we can have a safe uh, and long-lasting return to the classroom? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, we've been talking about these investments since the onset of the pandemic. Uh, N95 masks being available to all educators, enhanced masking for, for students. It's, it's really important. I'm really encouraging everyone um, who's attending and working in a school who's eligible to be vaccinated. So there needs to be uh, more push, more education, and for parents to, to vaccinate their, their children. Our members are um, working with the demographics of kids who are uh, 12 and under, uh, the vaccine vaccine rate is very, very low. So they're, they're really um, at a point of being exposed, highly exposed to, to this virus. We need access to boosters. Uh, we need education workers to be prioritized. Our membership is young. They're, you know, they're under 50. Uh, we want them to be in the classrooms, engage with the students. They need to feel as protected as possible. And that means booster shots, whether they're drive-through boosters, whether they're provided on, on site at the, the work sites for our members, they need this. And HEPA filters. We've been saying this since the beginning. Every classroom in Ontario uh, needs to have these in shared spaces and in, in public spaces in schools. 
where our kids, wherever they're moving around, wherever the adults are engaging, uh, that needs to happen. We shouldn't be hearing at this point in the pandemic that they're ordering 3,000. Uh, we knew in the beginning HEPA filters were important for air and ventilation. They should be there already. We shouldn't be waiting at each point where this government is just now infusing a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, make those investments. And we've been talking about class size. They, got, they need to be smaller. Uh, you know, in our, in our primary grades, we have 25 to 30 kids. In their junior and intermediate grades, we're talking 35 to 40 kids. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not socially distanced apart, highly transmissible, as you've heard. These are some of the key things. During this two weeks, this government needs to, to do that. Um, there needs to be monitoring. We need to monitor the, the outbreaks, what's happening in schools. Where we're, if we're going to be returning to in-person, there needs to be monitoring. There needs to be rapid antigen testing available for parents. And for educators, they need to feel confident going back into the schools and parents need to feel confident sending their their, their kids into the schools. You know, Karen, you bring up a lot of excellent points. And I have to ask, uh, January 17th is the target date for a return to uh, the classroom. Is two weeks, the next two weeks, enough to accomplish, uh, never mind all of that, but how much of that can be uh, accomplished to ensure that safe return to the classroom for both students and teachers? Uh, we're, we're, we're not sure. We have members who are returning tomorrow working with special education students, and we're, we're waiting to find out, will they be provided with masking, the, at least the, the bare minimum N95 mask? I think we're going to have to reevaluate in, in, in Jan- January 17th at uh, this time. At the rate that this virus is, is moving, um, our members are not immune uh, to being, being sick. Uh, we're seeing what's happening in healthcare, the numbers of people who are getting sick. Uh, 30 to 40 percent of, of staffing. We're looking at Quebec, what's happening there. Uh, the same thing could be happening in education. Our members aren't immune. And uh, that's going to be an, another thing. How are we going to keep the staffing levels? Our members have children. They're taking care of their own kids. Uh, they're not going to go in uh, being sick and then coming back home to, to transmit. So I do think in January 17th, unless things slow down with this, this virus, I think there's going to be a further delay. And that's going to be a good thing because we need to ensure the safety of our, our, our kids and my members. All right, Karen, I really appreciate the time with us this afternoon. We'll obviously be watching this story closely over the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll talk down the road. Thanks again for joining us here today. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Take care. You as well. Karen Brown is the president of the uh, Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, and you just heard it there, uh, making some news here this afternoon. She sees uh, the target date of January 17th for a return to the classroom unlikely unless of a lot of things uh, that was a pretty big checklist we heard there uh, a lot of things get uh, done on that uh, checklist for a safe return to the classroom for both teachers and students we'll get a break and we're back with more here on global news radio hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital and andy left his two-year-old at the rink all right guys i'm sure we're not alone like andy's kid for stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.